0: I'm Lisa Stone, and you are listening to Season 8 of Parenting Aces. Welcome to Season 8 of the Parenting Aces podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Stone, and this week we are talking with two tennis dads about their sons. Experiences coming up through the juniors and life after the juniors. And we have just some great, great, great information in this week's episode for you. Before we jump in, though, I want to just remind you guys if you haven't already, you need to become a member of parentingaces.com. And we have different levels of membership for you. You can become a free member, which gives you full access to our. Podcast and access to most of the content on parentingaces.com. Or you can become a monthly or an annual member, which in addition to the things I just mentioned, also gives you access to things like our upcoming webinar that's happening on May the 9th with coaches Kendra Becker, Nick Saviano, and Dave Fish, where you're going to be able to ask questions in real time of those three amazing coaches through our webinar. We also have a certified coaches membership level. So it's a little bit discounted from our regular annual member, for those coaches who are certified through one of the organizations, USPTA, PTR, WTCA, ITPA. So we want our coaches to be able to continue to have full access to the information at parentingaces.com as well. So if you haven't already, please go to the website and join at one of those levels. So you will be able to access everything that we put out there for you. All right, so this week we are chatting with Ron Homan whose son Ronnie just won the Easter Bowl as a qualifier and who will be attending LSU on a full scholarship starting in January. And we are talking with Eric Montner, whose son Kyle is graduating from Penn, where he played all four years in the number one position on that team. He was a blue chip recruit Uh, coming out of his junior tennis years, and he is graduating this spring and has some exciting things ahead for him, which I won't spoil. I'll let you listen to Eric talk about that. But both of these young men, Ronnie and Kyle, both trained with coach Todd Whittem. And that's why I'm having the two of them on together. And they talk about their family's decisions to have their sons go down to Florida to train with Todd, how that impacted their sons, both in their tennis and otherwise, and the impact it had on their families. Um, Both of these gentlemen played Division I sports themselves, so they come from an athletic background. They understand the rigors involved in training in a sport to a level that qualifies you to play Division I in college. So I think their insights are are really helpful, and I hope you guys will learn something from the two of them. And they have both graciously offered to field any questions that you have and so their contact information will be in the show notes for this week's episode on parentingaces.com so be sure and check that out all right time to jump into my conversation with Ron Homan and Eric Motner in this edition of Parenting Aces Ron Homan and Eric Motner thank you so much for joining us on the Parenting Aces podcast
1: how you doing? Thank you.
0: I'm I'm so excited to chat with you guys, Ron. You're old hat at this. Uh, you and Ronnie were on the podcast a few months back with Todd Whittem and and so you know how all this goes. And Eric, I'm just I'm excited to have you with us this week and really anxious to hear your story as well. So we're gonna start by getting Ron to give us a little bit of info on his background playing Division One volleyball. So Ron, you, you weren't a tennis player necessarily growing up, but you did play volleyball in college. And I want you to talk a little bit about what that experience looked like for you.
1: Yes. Yeah, so um, uh, first of all, I'd like to thank you for having me again. It's a pleasure to do this for you. Thank you. Um, actually, believe it or not, I was a very high level tennis player. I probably could have went and played Division One tennis also.
0: Well, look at um, you. I chose,
1: Multi-sport. I, I I chose volleyball just for the fact that it was just to me more of a fun sport to be honest with you. Um I uh I played uh, at Springfield College in Massachusetts. They were actually a Division 2 school, but it was a Division 1 volleyball program. So uh, we had the opportunity to play schools such as Penn State, UCLA, uh, Indiana, Purdue, Fort Wayne, San Diego State, uh, and many other large uh, universities around the country, and it was very exciting. I had a great time. Uh, we actually finished our best year. It was actually my freshman year when we finished number 20 in the nation in volleyball. So you can figure a small Division II school playing a D1 volleyball and trying to compete against, back then, all of the California teams, which were you know, probably eight or 10 out of the top 10 in the country. Um, it was a very exciting time, uh, for me. So it was, it was fun.
0: That's awesome. And Eric, you grew up playing tennis and played college tennis at Boston university. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about your experience.
2: So, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I, uh, played tennis along with other sports growing up and, uh, Never did the USPA to the level that our kids did, but would play tournaments and played first singles for my high school, and uh, uh, you know played a lot as a junior, and then went and played uh, one year for Boston University. Uh, my freshman year was uh, this guy Bob Green, who went on to be about 40 in the world. People might remember him. So it was a lot of fun to be on the team with somebody as accomplished as as uh, he was. Um, and then, um, uh, I still play, I play at like a four or five kind of level right now. And both my kids, obviously my son, uh, plays division one tennis and my daughter plays division one field hockey, uh, right now. So, uh, you know, both my kids are very active and, um, uh, it, it was a great experience for me. Um, but it did, it, it was not at the same level as, uh, Ronnie and Kyle, my my son.
0: Right. So each of you made the decision to have your sons go train with Coach Todd Whittem down in Florida. Each of you lives far away from Florida. (laughs) So I would love for you to talk a little bit about how you made the decision. Well, first of all, how you found Todd and then how you and your family made the decision for your kids to make that move down to Florida. And Eric, let's start with you.
2: So Kyle, um, we live in Greenwich, Connecticut and Kyle was um, going back to when he was younger, um, was at the USTA in Flushing. And I um, wasn't really prepared at the time to make the commitment to them uh, what they were asking for, and, and some of that was homeschooling, and it, it wasn't perfect. Um, and so the truth is, it was free, and I d- didn't let the, that influence my decision. What I wanted at the time, Kyle was about uh, 13, 14, 13 years old at the time, I wanted what I thought of as the best. So we started to drive Kyle every day to, to Long Island to uh, Robbie Wagner's tennis center, um, he runs two programs in Long Island. So it was a huge commitment for my wife every day after school to drive Kyle out there. And uh, and then I literally would pick him up after school after work, you know, late in the evening when he was done training and then take him home. And I run a business. I'm pretty busy and I travel. So I probably spent about $10,000 a year on literally taxi cabs going, you know, when I couldn't make it. So it was... It was a huge inconvenience, and he did that with a, gentle, a gentleman by the name of Adrian Shariki, who, who we still are in close contact with and a great, a great individual and a great coach. So we were looking for a situation that was better, um, more cohesive, and so we, we came across Todd. And Kyle lived uh, with Todd um, for two and a half years. During the high school years, and Kyle came back uh, senior year to graduate from Greenwich High School. So he split the, the two most important years uh, of his development living uh, down in Florida with Todd. And uh, you know, one of the things that I tried to do was manage it from the standpoint that I didn't deal with you know the proverbial, the metaphor, the X's and O's but tried to find an environment where I thought was, was productive, safe, competitive, you know, where, where Kyle could develop. And that's what Todd represented. Um, and I, I I don't know that I was hands off. I, I, I would say, I mean, uh, I've been told that Todd said that that I was hands off. I, I don't know that that's the case. I think I'm involved in everything, but I think that I trusted Todd. Uh, I always tried to find, uh, a situation that I think of as the best situation and let those guys, you know, do their thing and not not get involved in the X's and O's in the day-to-day. And I found that with Todd and I found that with Adrian prior to Todd. And so those are the two guys that really were fundamentally uh, instrumental in Kyle being successful. And, you know, I had so- sort of some goals for Kyle and, you know, like, like any father would, both sports related and otherwise. Um, and, you know, I just tried to manage the situation as best I could so that he could be successful. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of, it, it worked out to my expectation in terms of, I mean, I, I can't tell you that he accomplished and and I don't think that Kyle would tell you accomplished everything that he set out to accomplish, but I would say it was hugely successful. Um, he had a, a, a great junior career. Went to uh, the school that he wanted to go to, and he had m- many options. And he had a great college career. And I do uh, credit Todd. I do credit you know you know the, the, the folks that he worked with before uh, you know being Adrian and Robbie Wagner uh, back at home. And I uh, you know credit my wife, and I credit you know the environment that that we set up for Kyle.
0: And so how did a dad from Greenwich, Connecticut, find a young coach down in Florida?
2: Um, It was word of mouth. And uh, it was, you know, so I I, I met with Todd and spoke, spoke with him and trusted him. And and, uh, he was working with some players that I was familiar with. And the environment was great. The area was great. and, And, you know, so you go into anything, with kind of a, uh, you know, you sort of bet it as best you can. But that's, that's how I found them by word of mouth. And then in the early days, I used to even say to Todd, I used to give him some examples of people that were, that were, were good at marketing, but weren't nearly as good as Todd is at the X's and O's of tennis and the whole development of tennis. So um, Todd was doing it to a great degree under the radar and quietly and, and you know, by word of mouth. Now, like anything that's good, it's hard to keep that a secret. People are starting to learn that Todd is good at what he does. And uh, it's, no, you know, it's no longer a secret. And people have, have heard about him. Um, recently, Kyle told me one of his teammates wants to go down and train with him. So that, that's, that's how we came across uh, Todd Wedham.
0: Gotcha. Ron, let's hear your story. How did you guys... Um You know what was Ronnie doing uh before Todd, and how did you get to Todd
1: Sure so at the probably at the year or two before uh we actually met Todd, Ronnie was training at two different places: sport time on Long Island and Beth page park tennis <clears throat> and um when he was training at sport time, he was training uh with another former a t p pro Robert Kendrick and you know, Robert Kendrick knew that we had a home in Florida, so we would go back and forth quite often. And at the point where we would have a vacation, whether it was Thanksgiving or Easter or whatever vacation or during the summer, you know, we would go to Florida and Ronnie would train at a typical camp down there, whether it was Everett or he trained the Kozlov Tennis Academy and other academies like that. But then Kendrick said, why don't you train with this guy, Todd? I played with him on the tour. I highly recommend him. So the next time we went down to Florida, uh, we set up some time with Todd. And probably within the first, I'm going to say 10 or 15 minutes of you know, Todd just hitting with Ronnie, I could see already that the two personalities would gel. And that's very important when you look for a coach for you know, your child. And also, Ronnie needed a specific type of coach—somebody that was going to push him. And Todd had that type of personality where uh, he would push Ronnie. So we continued to work with Robert Kendrick up in New York and Todd for probably about a year to a year and a half.
0: How old and was Ronnie at that point? Sorry, did Ronnie write
1: was you. probably thirteen.
0: Okay. Well, so I'm no- sorry. Ronnie was twelve. Okay. So maybe so a year with- younger than, than Kyle was when yes. the Montners first so, connected. Okay. Right.
1: So Ronnie was 12 and then trained with Todd and, and, and Robert for the next year and a half going back and forth. And then in February, actually it was January, um, it was I think it was when it was four, so it was three years ago. So January 2016 uh, or 17, I can't remember my math is right um actually ronnie came to us and said he wanted to move and live with todd and start training to be a professional tennis player um so it was it was kind of interesting when he when he approached my wife and i and said i want to go move and live with todd but we said well that's really a big commitment ronnie you're only 14 years old you know we don't know as a parent how we feel about that so it was a month before the typical winter break you have up here in the, in the Northeast with school. So we told Ronnie, why don't you go to Florida for that one week off and stay with Todd for 10 days and see how you like it. And at this point in time, Ronnie was actually already being online schooled. So it was easy for him to make that transition. So Ronnie stayed with Todd for those 10 days and never came back. (laughs) Uh, so he's been training. He's been training with Todd ever since, and now it's just past his third year. And um, you know, Ronnie continues to train with Todd every day. And now that he's old enough to drive, he's actually driving the tournaments by himself with and sometimes with, uh, without a coach.
0: And so, do you guys have other kids?
1: Yes, I have a uh, 19-year-old daughter who's actually uh, attending the University of South Carolina, studying engineering.
0: Awesome. And so how was that with his sister? Um, or was she already gone when he made the decision? No,
1: she's only, uh, one grade ahead of Ronnie as far as school goes. So when Ronnie left, um, you know, she was still home for three years. So, um, it was, it was a little hard for her and, um, But, you know, she dealt with it. She knew Ronnie had a passion for tennis and, you know, Ronnie's got a great ability and, and, um, you know, she really didn't have much say in the matter, but the one good thing about my two kids that they are very close to each other and they always, you know, keep in close
0: contact. That's really nice. So Kyle is just finishing his college tennis career. Ronnie will be starting his college tennis career in the fall. Um, if, if all continues on, track as it is now. Eric, what advice do you have for Ron about the college tennis years and what's getting ready to happen?
2: So I have a lot of advice for a lot of people, but but I don't know that that Ron needs advice from me uh, from the standpoint that he's doing, his son is doing just fine. But if, if I could um, share, I would say that um, that people, parents, um, I mean, you're, you're asked specifically regarding college. I think, I think it starts way before college, you know, and it starts probably when they're, you know, nine, 10 years old to determine, um, how, you know, how, as the parent, how good, how much does the kid like it and how good is, is, or how important is it for the parents, uh, that the child become really good at tennis and if the if it's important to the kid and important to the parent you have to put in the time and and the child has to play and be committed and all those natural things and um it sort of it it sort of takes a life of its own from the standpoint that by the time you know a, a child is in 11th grade they're gonna they're gonna know their ability and they're gonna know what kind of college tennis they want to play, and you know they're going to know their dreams and, and wh- where where it takes them. So Ron wants to be a pro, and he's going to LSU, and he just won the Easter Bowl. Congratulations on, on that amazing accomplishment. So he he's fast tracking, and so he, I don't know that I have any advice because he might stay a year or two and then go pro, or uh, he might stay four years. So th- the advice that I would have would be maybe more general to other kids. Um, but I would say that in particular for Kyle, I endeavored that he go to a place where, where like an Ivy league school, Ivy league school or, or similar. Uh, when Kyle was nine years old, some, but Kyle was an ice hockey player in fact, and, and that was his main sport. He really switched when he was 12 to tennis and got good pretty fast. Like one of the, his early accomplishments when he was a 12 year old was making the quarters of winter nationals. And he's, and I remember him saying, this tennis is kind of fun. So, uh, <laughs> but, but, but somebody asked me, I and mean, that was, that's really what happened. And, and he, he hadn't really, he was playing ice hockey. We went down to some uh, national tournament in the summer of when he was 12 and he won it. And, you know, he was unseated. Nobody knew who he was and, and he was pretty steady and, you know, c- committed committed kid. But somebody asked me when he was nine, like what, what he was playing tennis. And and I was hitting a lot with him. And and he was working with a guy. And somebody said, you know, what's your goal for your son? So I said, I, I've never really thought about it. But I do remember saying, you know, uh, it would be nice if he's top 10 in the eastern section coming out of Greenwich, he was playing the eastern section. And I said, it'd be nice if he one day could go to an Ivy League school and play tennis there. So uh, anyway, Kyle, every age group, was top three in the section, um, and he could have went to to virtually you know any school that he wanted to, when, uh, you know virtually, um, it you know when he was ready to go in, in, into into college. So that goal worked, and I would just say to parents, or my advice would be, to set a goal and and stay the path, and make sure the kid likes it. But it's not going to happen. I mean, you have to know what the path is. Um, and it's not gonna happen by accident. And if you're gonna play for a good college, you, you have to determine you know, what, what your goals are once you get to school. A lot of kids, when they get to college, do not get better. Kyle did get better. He, he in particular, went in and he played number one for the university as a freshman and played number one all four years. Um, which is a great accomplishment. And he, and he, in particular to Carl, made first team all Ivy League all four years. So he was successful in his first year and he progressively got better each year and he worked at it. But, so I guess my advice to somebody who's entering college and probably not in particular to Ron because he's at a an elite level, but I would say if you're going to college, you have to decide do you want to get better? Or did you accomplish what you wanted to by getting into that particular school? And, you know, are you done? Or are you just at the beginning of the next phase of your college career? Because a lot of people in college can get better. And a lot of people in college do go on to play pro tennis. It's, it's as we all know, to make a living in pro tennis, you have to be amazingly good. I mean, if you're, if you're, 400 in the world in baseball, you're making millions of dollars. If you're 400 in the world in tennis, you're making negative money. I mean, right. it's costing you more. So it's, it's a very difficult endeavor, and it's different than other sports. It is uniquely different in the sense that, you know, like last year, 1,300 different people played in the major leagues. That means 1,300 guys were making a living in the major leagues. If you're 1,300 in the world in tennis, it's meaningless uh, other than the accomplishment, you know, mm-hmm. from, from a financial standpoint. So um, anybody going to college, I think they have to set like anything. What is their goal? What is their path? How badly do they want to get better? Uh, it's all about goal setting and then accomplishing those goals. I, You know, speaking of Todd Whittem, I think that Kyle still trains with him. He went back. Um, Around Christmas time, right after New Year's, for a week and train with him. He went down uh, on a particular weekend during the season to train with him. So this is his senior year. So Kyle always tried to get better, and Todd was always there to help um, along the way. So it was always a very good relationship. Um, but that I think that was your, you know, your question is, what advice would I have for somebody going to, to into college? Um, it's, I mean, there's a lot of advice, but people, (laughs) kids have to, they have to set their, their goals and, you know, and stick to those goals because a lot of people don't get better once they get to college. You know, it's what, it's what the, the, uh, the kid wants and what the coach can do. I mean, like using Ron example, he's going to LSU where I I believe it's Andy Brandy who, uh, right. So, so I remember Kyle hitting with Andy Brandy's brother many years ago. Uh, so I know, you know, of Andy Brandy. And, and uh, so he's going to have great coaching and, and clearly he wants to be special. And so he has a different path than somebody else um, who's going to school. So hopefully that answered your question. And if there's anything, you know, any other questions related to that, I'd, I'd love to, uh, to respond.
0: Well, let me just ask you as a quick follow-up and then Ron, I'm going to, I promise I'm getting over to you. Um, is Kyle planning to pursue a professional tennis career after graduation or are other plans in the works?
2: So it's a great question. And it's a, it's, it's a sensitive question. Uh, Kyle, Kyle uh, is, is getting better every year. And there's no doubt in my mind that a year from now, he would be much better than he is, uh, than he is now. He continues to get better. But he happens to go to, to u Wharton, and he, it's very difficult to get great jobs in what he wants to do. He decided that uh, about a year ago, year and a half ago, he decided he wanted to go into investment banking. It's very difficult to get those jobs. Um, and he was fortunate enough to get a really good internship and then be offered uh, employment at a really prestigious firm. So uh, he's a little bit out of at a crossroads. And right now his intention is, uh, to work, to go, to go down into finance and, uh, and not pursue, uh, the pro path. However, you know, if you asked me, um, as his parent and, and, and as a person who's been around tennis for a long time, seen a lot and certainly has, you know, an opinion, um, Kyle would progressively get better and Kyle's lefty and, He's, he's getting bigger and stronger all the time, and he, he probably could, could have some success uh, at some level, and, but it would be unfortunate if, if he doesn't have the opportunity to try, because then it's one of those things you, you know, you'll never know, but, um, but to answer your question, at this point, he's, he's planning on, on pursuing his, his goals in finance uh, with a job that's forthcoming.
0: Fantastic. Well, congratulations to him and to your whole family on his success in college and and now having this job offer. That's amazing. I I kind of feel like with this new ITF World Tennis Tour, um, I think he's maybe making a really good decision. (laughs) So it's it's gotten way tougher out there for these kids trying to pursue the professional path and um, So, you know, I I wish him all the best. And I I know we'll keep following him, especially through Todd and, you know, and, and other ways as well. Ron, let's talk about Ronnie's path a little bit. He, as Eric mentioned, and as we've talked about before, is planning to go to LSU in the fall. He has had a phenomenal couple of years on the junior circuit in. Professional events. Um, as Eric mentioned, Ronnie won the 2019 Easter Bowl, which I mean, came in having to go through qualies, I believe, right?
1: Yeah, three matches in qualifying.
0: I mean, crazy, crazy. And um, next week, I actually have Todd on the podcast and we talk a little bit about that. Ronnie's, you know, kind of whirlwind uh, trip to the California desert and doing so well out there. So listeners make sure you tune in next week to hear a little bit more about that. But Ron, how important was it to you and your family for Ronnie to play college tennis versus choosing a professional career?
1: Well, the one thing we did as parents is we let Ronnie make those decisions. Okay. Um, you know, one of the things that Ronnie is striving for is to play professional tennis. Whether he does or not, that will be his decision and his decision uh, alone. And then we've allowed him to make those decisions. We, uh, you know, we I was extremely involved when he was younger, pushing him to play and, and doing a lot of off-court training with him. Um, but, you know, once I met Todd and, and got comfortable with him and his training, Uh, his his training, the kids and his academy, you know, there was no reason for me to be involved because I had that much confidence in the way Todd ran his academy with the help of Pierre. Um, so with, with Ronnie, Ronnie is actually starting school January, 2020. Okay. He could have started in September like everybody else, but he wanted to play the tour for the balance of this year, or at least try and play futures and challengers and, um, you know, getting that wild card for the U S open juniors. So, um, you know, he wants to play professional tennis for the balance of this year, which, you know, we were allowing him to do just so he can get a feel for what he has to do, what he has to accomplish and how hard it's going to be to compete at that level. And it's extremely hard. And Ronnie has played some futures, lost first round in most of them. And, you know, he's competitive in these matches. You know, these first round losses are are three set matches that he's losing. And, you know, when you look at the UTR ratings, some of these players are quite a bit higher than Ronnie. And Ronnie's beaten them or is competitive with them. No, Ronnie's UTR is, uh, is in the low 13s, and now he's playing uh, some kids his own age and some men who have UTRs in the upper 13s and low 14s, and Ronnie is competitive. He's beaten some of those kids and men, and he's also lost to them, but it's been very competitive matches. So Ronnie is now starting to see, even at that level, which is not really a professional level, how tough these matches and these you know, these individuals really are. Mm -hmm. Um, The one other thing that, you know, you need to take into perspective here, we live in America, so we provide our kids with a great life. You know, some of these other players and other kids who come around from around the world don't have the same life that these American kids do. So it's a little bit easier for the American kids to kind of sit back and take the easy way out and know they have their parents to lean on. Some of these other kids coming in from these countries really don't have that option. And, you know, when Ronnie starts playing against some of these individuals, there's a, you know, there's a different atmosphere in that match when, you know, these individuals are playing for their livelihood and Ronnie's playing to have fun and win matches. Right. Um. So I think it's a completely different perspective when you look around the world to see where people are coming from and what their upbringing is. And, you know, some of these players need to win for survival and Ronnie doesn't need that. You know, we, we, we've provided a good life. He's got a full ride scholarship to LSU and, but you know, he still has that drive in him to win. And, and, and that's the key. He's having fun playing tennis. He's created his own drive to play and push himself to the next level. And there are times where Ronnie will call me or my wife on the phone and say, dad, you know what? I want to come home for a week. And we say, Ronnie, talk to Todd figure out the best time you come home whenever you want. And that's very important because even him at his level and the amount he trains, he needs a vacation.
0: Absolutely. It's like We all need
1: a vacation from our job. Right. So um, at, that's probably one of the most important things is giving Ronnie the vacation a handful of times a year. And he actually comes back a week later better than the previous week. So yeah, he really, needs that
0: time to shut down and refresh, yeah. and yeah, yep. have some some hug time with mom and dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I but, I get that. Right. Yeah, but, but ultimately, we left
1: those decisions up to him on what he wants to do. But if he right now said, "I want to go play pro tennis," we wouldn't let him. He's not ready for it.
0: And and do you have that conversation with Todd as well? Or yeah. okay.
1: Yes, Todd and I, well, we communicate quite often, sometimes weekly, sometimes every couple of weeks, or sometimes we don't talk for a month. It really all depends on how Ronnie is progressing. So the most important thing with Ronnie and that Todd and I both understood is that we wanted Ronnie, okay, to progress from being a 12-year-old player, very high-level player, you know, top one or two or three in the East, always top 10 or top 20 in the country, whether it was 12s, 14s, 16s, and even 18s now. um, We were very committed on making Ronnie a more complete tennis player as he got older and making sure that when Ronnie played, when he won Eddie Hur when he was 16, when he was playing in the Easter Bowl this year, we gave him all the tools to train and compete at these levels to win these tournaments. So when Ronnie went into the Easter bowl a month ago as a qualifier, okay, he was going into the tournament to win it. If, if he didn't get to the semifinals, honestly, I think Ronnie would have thought that the tournament was a loser for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was his mentality going into that tournament. And Ronnie is one of these kids that only plays about, 12 or 15 tournaments a year. You know, he doesn't point chase. There's other kids that do that play 30, 35, 40 tournaments a year. Ronnie doesn't do that.
0: Which is why he had to go into qualies.
1: Right, exactly. And, but Todd and I, we didn't care that Ronnie had to make it through qualies because it shows you what type of tennis player. Okay. He is playing three matches through qualies in two days and then winning another, I think it was six matches to, w- to win that tournament. That's a huge accomplishment for him to do that. That's nine matches. And I think it was like eight or nine days. Right. So I'm actually more proud of him going through qualies the way he did it than getting a wild card into it and winning it. Mm-hmm. Because it shows his passion, his desire, and his will to push himself to the limit, push his body to the limit to win a tournament like that. So it shows a lot about his character i think
0: sure so as i asked eric to give you advice as you know the dad of a college graduating senior to a college entering freshman i'd love Ron for you to give some advice to the parents listening out there who have a 13 14 year old player who is telling mom and dad I want to play at a top college, I want to be a professional player, I want to win these top events, what advice would you give them?
1: I think the, the biggest advice I could give them right now, and I know me being a tennis parent and all the other tennis parents out there, they have been to many, many different academies. Okay, some good, some not so good. Some of them will tell you your child's the best they've ever seen just to get you into the academy, and some will tell you the truth. Okay? I think what you need to do is evaluate where your son or daughter is as far as their tennis ability. You can use the UTRs, you can use the tennis recruiting, and see where they fall. But most importantly, I think, is how they perform under pressure against their peers the same age. My son always played. We always tried to have him play up. And what I mean by play up, if he was 12, he'd play 14s or 16s. But it's also very important to have them go back and put them in a tournament that they are supposed to win. That they are the number one seed and they are supposed to win. I think that's extremely important. Okay, the other thing that I think is very important is you can have your son and daughter hit 5 million tennis balls. Okay, but you cannot forget the off-court training part of it. Okay, when my son started playing tennis at three and a half years old, at five and six years old, I was working with him off court, not with weights or anything, just you know footwork drills and things like that. And it's very important that you do that. And there are certain things that I had Ronnie doing every single day, even at a young age at five or six or seven, all the way up until he left and went to Todd's. And I think that's extremely important that the off court training, stretching, recovery is very, very important. And, you know, there was one time when, um, Ronnie, and this happens to many tennis players that Ronnie developed a stress fracture in his spine. And this was when he, uh, I think it was when he was training with Todd, I don't know if it was the first year or the second year is with Todd. And we flew Ronnie home, went to a doctor and the doctor said he had a stress fracture in his spine. So the doctor says you have to lay off it for three months. That's fine. Ronnie laid off it for three months. He went through all his physical therapy, continued to do things, okay, to keep himself in somewhat shape without, um, you know, taking that injury and, and going to a worse place. So once that three month mark came up and the doctor said he is ready to go, let him start hitting tennis balls, my wife and I, we looked at each other. I said, he's taking another month off. I said, you want to know why? Because I heard too many stories of kids getting injured. Okay, and their parents pushing them too quick to get back into the game at a young level. Mm-hmm. It's not worth risking the injury. Again, okay, I've seen it happen with many, many kids, very talented kids that can't play tennis anymore because they didn't wait enough time to make sure their body healed. And That's one thing that we did as parents is we did not push Ronnie back into tennis until we knew 1,000% that he was ready to go And then we'd give them additional rest after that, just to make sure. Mm -hmm. So that's very important when you're at such a young age that tennis is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Okay. Having your child take a few months off of tennis. is not the worst thing in the world. My son was back hitting tennis balls after four months off within three weeks, like he was hitting them three months ago. Right. So that's one of the things that's very important. I want to stress to all parents.
0: I think that's that's a huge issue. And Eric, did Kyle ever go through a period of injury?
2: So Kyle had the normal bumps and bruises with a shoulder, you know, the shoulder problems where they would be very sore. But he was fortunate uh, until his senior year. I'm trying to uh, remember, but it was his, no, it was his junior year. And he tore a stomach muscle. Junior,
0: gilletti, uh, junior year of high school?
2: Junior year of okay. high school, yeah. And I remember the tournament. He actually was playing a men's tournament and, and uh, beating a guy from LSU. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm, only, I'm only laughing. And, uh, and then he, he actually got injured uh, at that moment. And he had to, had to withdraw in the match. And so he tried to play through it, but he actually made it worse. And he was with Todd, and, and they tried to do some physical therapy. So he took off six weeks. So that was uh, lucky for him. That was his most, uh, you know, he actually had like a hole in the stomach. And, and that is a prevalent Ouch. injury in tennis. Yes. So it's important, you know, listening to Ron speak about all the off-court work, it is important for kids to develop their abs. I mean, that is a, a you see that, and it's important that they stretch, because that, and it's always the off muscle. So in, in Kyle's case, he injured the right side of his stomach. And for a righty, it would oftentimes be the left side just because on the serve. But anyway, mm-hmm. that, that was, uh, that was a problem. And then freshman year in college, he played through plantar fasciitis, which was painful. Oof. Um, but, but, you know, it's, that's part of growing up and that's part of the sport, but he, he was fortunate. He never had anything, um, uh, like a stress fracture like Ron had. And, um, but it's a lot of it, let's face it, is precaution, it's training, but a lot of it is also good fortune, like anything.
0: Sure. Sure. So, I mean, these boys are, are having a lot of success. They have gone down very similar paths to this point. And it's so interesting to me, Eric, that Kyle is at, As of today, which I totally understand things can change, but as of today, he is choosing to pursue his academic goal, uh, his career goal, uh, the finance goal over the tennis thing once he graduates from Penn. And Ronnie, on the other hand, is going to test his hand and take advantage of that six-month grace period rule with the NCAA and and see how things go between now and January with professional tennis. And for those of you not familiar with the six-month grace period rule, please listen to my podcast with Ken Javara, where we discuss that rule and how it affects a lot of uh, a lot of these kids coming out of high school, but um, I, I just think it's so interesting to, you know, to talk to the two of you and to hear your thoughts on your son's paths and where they're headed and the support that you've given them. Um, you know, kudos to both of your families for really allowing your sons to pursue their dreams and, and supporting them through that.
1: Thanks. That that's uh I appreciate that. And and if I could just uh, say one more thing, the one uh, nice thing about Todd's Academy is that Ronnie and Kyle are actually also buddies. So even though they're four years apart, they do Snapchat or Instagram each other all the time, which is, which is great. And, and one thing about Todd's Academy, whether you're 13 years old or whether you're 18 years old, everybody plays on the court together uh, for a good portion of the day. And, um, you know, if I had my choice, Um, And and if I was to do things differently, I've actually would have had him down at Todd's at a much younger age.
0: Really? That's Um, so interesting because, I mean, he was pretty young when he went down there.
1: It was 14, but honestly, you know, looking back at it now, um, I think his game would have improved quicker being down in that atmosphere, training with Todd and Pierre. And he may be even at a different level today or maybe not, but I, I, you know, hindsight's 2020, I would have had him down there a little bit earlier.
0: Interesting. Eric, do you feel the same way?
2: I mean, it's, it's, let me answer it this way. If I had another kid, it would be another generation. I mean, I've gone through this for over 10 years, so I've learned a lot. So I, I would do things differently, but I don't really look back, um, and say I should have done this or that. Um, I would say that everything about todd was good and and it, it really worked out well for kyle like you know um kyle is a, a really good tennis player you know like we do pay attention to you, to universal and people should look at metrics and and you know the american disease is when somebody doesn't look at metrics and they don't have barometers um you know it's important to, to set your goal you know if, if ronnie's a, a low 13 i mean he's going to clearly get to 14 very quickly and, um, so it, it's, I, I, I don't know that I would change anything. Um, Kyle had that really good career and, uh, he, I, I, if anything, I have some sadness that he ran out of time because he is one of those, those, uh, young men who's getting better. Um, but everything, you know, has its path. And I would say that the time that Kyle spent traveling and the time he spent with, with um, Todd has created a lot of, um, made him an individual that can make decisions and think on his own. And he's definitely uh, a strong-minded person. And that's really important in the big scheme of life. Um, And you know, Todd helps that. Todd's not gonna handhold you. He's gonna let you develop. Uh, Like Ron is doing great. So uh, he's doing great. And if he went a year earlier, maybe he'd be doing better. I mean, like like uh, Ron just said, Ron Sr., but like he just said, you, you know, you never know. So, I, I mean, I really it, – it worked out very well. Todd did really well for Kyle, and, um, you know, it's not over. Like, we'll, we'll see how it all – you know, tennis is a lifetime thing. Um, I just don't know that, um, that, that Kyle – you know, that his path was to go on the Pro Tour. Who knows? But um, – I really don't, to repeat, I really don't look back. Uh, We did, he had a great career and Todd was a big part of it. And and Ronnie Jr. was a big part of of being able to train with Kyle. So it was all good.
0: Eric, let me just ask you this. How much impact do you think Kyle's tennis had on him getting this amazing job offer?
2: He had a tremendous amount, this tremendous cut you have to understand the path to get these investment banking jobs that are very competitive. You have to be able to get an internship and then it has to lead to something. So those, it's very hard to do that. Kyle did that completely on his own. Nobody helped him. So he, he was able to, to have the individual initiative to do that. And, uh, and then when you have those jobs, it's like anything else, you have to perform. And if you're if you're performing, anybody can go enter a tennis tournament. If you want to go and qualify and win nine matches and, and win an Easter Bowl, that is what I call some serious performance. And that's in every aspect of life. And um, you have to learn to perform. And and it, it has helped the tennis has helped shape Kyle in every aspect. You know, uh, uh, he had to work 80 hours a week last uh, what was it last summer when he did this internship and he had no problem putting that time in. And, and that is all because of tennis. And when that internship ended after 11 weeks, he was on the next flight out to TAR to train, to get ready to the, for the season. And being that he hadn't played tennis for the first time, you know, we talk about injuries. This was really a, other than that one injury for, for uh, six weeks when he was off the court, this was six weeks or, uh, I don't know if it was six weeks or six months. I can't even remember anymore. Um, uh, other than, other than that time, this, this 11 weeks when he was off the court uh, was, was a difficult and long time. And he went down and he had blisters on his hands and his feet. And um, so specifically, the tennis shapes these kids in many ways for life. It teaches them tremendous discipline. Um, and, and that's what I said earlier. You know, like if, if a kid decides that he wants to be really good, what does that mean when he's 10 years old? That means doing that off-court work, as Ron said. It means, you know, putting the hours in. It doesn't happen by accident. I mean, unless uh, somebody is just a super athlete, it just takes a tremendous amount. In, in, in any sport, it takes a, a tremendous amount of, uh, of effort, and it, it does translate. It absolutely does.
0: Sure. Sure. Well, I want to thank both of you for taking time out to chat with us. I know you're both so busy and, um, it's just, for me, it's, it's always enlightening to talk to other parents whose kids have followed different pathways and, you know, who are finding success in not just their tennis life, but their life in general. And so, Kudos to both of you for raising these such accomplished sons and, you know, wishing both of them all the best as they pursue this next phase. And for Kyle, that means a life in back in the real world. And for Ronnie, his uh, jaunt on the pro tour with, you know, the light of college tennis shining down the road for him a little bit. Uh, any last words you want to leave us with, either of you?
1: Uh, yeah, I'll go first. I, I Again, I just appreciate your uh, time and having us on, on the podcast. I actually enjoyed doing this. Um, I love the, the sport of tennis. And, um, you know, uh, again, uh, I, I think the boys uh, have uh, gained a tremendous amount of knowledge for being the level of tennis players that they both are. And, um, you know, I just want to wish Kyle all the best, and I honestly think he's making the right move. He'll make more money being an investment banker than a tennis player.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he can buy us all houses at the beach, yeah, right? Oh, you know,
1: so yeah, so good, good Good luck to Kyle there.
0: Thank and, you. Eric, how about you. you? Any last words?
2: So, uh, well, you know, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm incredibly impressed what Ron's doing, you know, I follow him, and uh, congratulations there. I feel you know close to it because uh, they're both training with Todd, and what he's what he's done is just truly elite. Um, you know, like it's just if you if you look at tennis recruiting, Kyle was seventeen. I don't I, I don't know what Ron is, but he's got to be like one, two, or three. What is it? Yeah, he, is he yeah, he's number recruiting? one right now, I think. Right, so he's number one. It's just he's a truly elite player. So I'll be watching and hoping that that continues to. to uh, to work to work out. Well, um, I think I, I th- to answer your question specifically. Um, I think I learned a lot, met some great people. Um, I mean, I can almost write a book <laughs> on, on, you know, along the way, there were many kids who were great at 12 years old and they don't play tennis anymore. I mean, there were many yeah. of them and, you know, it's kind of like an elevator ride and people get off at different floors. You know, if you want to use a metaphor, um, and you know everybody gets off at some point, um, and then they and then when that when that thing is over, then they play as as a man, and they play maybe men's money tournaments or they play for fun. So Kyle's career is not over; it's just his you know quote unquote competitive career is going to be over, and it's kind of sad. Uh, in fact, you know he he got a wild card into a into a into a future by winning a tournament. He won't even be able to use it. So oh. it it is kind of sad, but yeah. uh, but it, it's been a great. It's been a great experience and uh, I really don't have any regrets. I mean, there there would be some things that I would have done differently for sure. Um, And he certainly didn't, didn't accomplish, you know, every goal. Like I I actually thought that Kyle was good enough um, to, to, um, you know, like last year in the Ivy leagues, he was six and one. That was pretty good. This year he was five and one. So he'll lose some matches from, from here and there, but it was all good. And, um, if I could ever speak to somebody and help them or offer some advice just based upon my experiences, not that I'm smarter than anybody or, or no more, just based upon the experiences, that's what I would do because you can't, um, you can't make up for experience and uh, it's, it's been a great thing and, and uh, Todd is terrific and um, you could see the players that he works with. They have great results and uh, I would recommend uh, uh Todd to anybody, and I'd be happy to to offer advice to anybody that that ever called or reached out to me. Awesome. Yeah, and I,
1: well, I'll, I'll echo Eric's comments too. If anybody would like to reach out to me uh, and to talk about, you know, what Ronnie has done in the past, uh, leading up to, you know, the Eddie Hearn the Easter Bowl wins, I'm, I'm more than happy to speak to anybody.
0: That's so generous of you guys. And to the listeners, I will include Ron and Eric's contact info uh, in the show notes. So be sure to check those out on parentingaces.com. And um, guys, thank you so much for that offer. I, I want to just highlight one thing that just came out. And I think this is really important. Ronnie Homan is number one in tennis recruiting right now for the class of 2019 and he has received a full scholarship to LSU as the number one player in the recruiting class. Those full rides are very few and far between. And as the number one player in his class, it's an amazing uh, accomplishment for him. But I just want, I don't want parents to hear, Oh, this kid got a full ride to LSU and you know, hear that in a vacuum. I want you to hear it in the context of he's the top player in his recruiting class. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, they, I just They are very that. difficult
1: to come by. And many, many schools that we spoke to, even with Ronnie, um, you know, Ronnie's been fortunate enough because of the level he's playing at. Many schools are offering him a full ride. He just felt the best with Andy Brandy because of the history Ronnie and Andy have back since he was 12 years old.
0: Mm -hmm. and i mean i think that's a great decision for him i have all the respect in the world for andy and tremendous um,
2: tremendous accomplishments if if people are in the know they realize how significant these accomplishments you know to win the eddie her and to win the easter Bowl. i mean tremendous accomplishments and it's reflected in in that uh that tennis recruiting rank um tremendous accomplishments. Anybody that knows realizes that. Absolutely.
0: Well, gentlemen, I don't want to take up any more of your time. I I want to let you get back to your day, but thank you again so much for sharing your experience, your knowledge, your insights with the Parenting Aces audience. And to my listeners, thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you next time on Parenting Aces. I'm Lisa Stone, and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces Podcast. For tennis parents, by a tennis parent. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll share the podcast with your tennis community. For all the information you need to navigate the junior and college tennis journey, be sure to check out ParentingAces.com.